millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back. Hello. Part uh, two commences. Part duh. Duh. Of uh, <laughs> our lovely Margaret. So we left her on the eve of embroiling conflict mm. uh, and vagrant incompetence. Mm. Ooh, um, some good words there. I really liked that actually. Some good words. I should write that down. Don't um, need to. It's recorded forever. Right. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Did you I like mean... thinking about that right before you started? That it's here forever, everything we say. I have never actually thought about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm now concerned. Great. Well, I just wanted to help you out with a little friendly reminder thank before you, we get thank going. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Here to help. <laughs> so. The disdain. <laughs> just the, like, I don't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> so. Things are not going that well. Hmm. Henry's out of commission. Margaret's stuck with a babe. Actually, not even yet. Like I said, this was out of order, and I'm really angry. Um, sorry. So, so yeah. So we leave them on the edge of Margaret doing a, a, some desperate things. And I think what's really interesting is um, it, this battle that happens. I think is when Margaret really sees how much of a threat Richard is. Mm-hmm. And so she decides, you know what? I, I can't allow this to continue. And, um, but Richard is of course very much emboldened by his position. And, um, he is extremely popular with the house of commons. Um, and Richard, in 1450, was returned from Ireland and readmitted as an advisor by Henry, which is how that ended up. He ended up becoming Lord Protector in 1453. Um, and so Henry calls a parliament for a reform. Things are going well. There's a lot of um, uh, internal battle. Where did I say that? Court was embroiled in riots because of incompetence. Blah, blah, blah. That's what I literally wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of, a lot of um, fighting advisors and counselors and corruption and things aren't good. It's not, this isn't a great time, you know? And um, <laughs> so Henry calls in one of his lucid moments for Parliament for reform. Parliament, of course, is half of the House of Commons. And they call for um, Richard be, to be the first counselor to the king and the speaker of the commons and then the heir to the throne. This is, of course, before she has a son. Um, at the, basically what happens and what is going to happen is anyone who physically has Henry has control. Mm. And if you have 
And if you're if you regain control over Henry, you're in power mm-hmm. because you have the king. Right. That's literally what happens. So Margaret in this moment regains control over Henry. Parliament. She has him dissolve Parliament. And Richard go, has to retire to Wales for a time because Margaret's like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Um, and so in May of 1455, um, Margaret, uh, it's five months after Henry's recovered from another bout of illness. This is, of course, um, Edward is born. Margaret calls for a great council to, to come in. Um, for an assemblage of peers to protect the king from his enemies and specifically excludes the Yorks. Mm. And it was basically seen as a declaration of war. And this is that thing that people are like, well, she started the War of the Roses. This is it. I see. And it's like, yeah, she started a conflict. But the Wars of the Roses is an ex post facto term as, as given to the conflict by the victors. Mm. Of of a series of minor battles, not so minor, somewhere, but right. of battles that occurred over a thirty year period, and so this was seen as the major major instigator of it. it. It wasn't necessarily that, but also not to sound like too kindergarten, but mm-hmm. he started it. You know, like listen, I couldn't agree more. He was being all mischievous and conniving. And she was just responding to that yes. by not letting him into private meetings. Yes. Where he could connive more. Yes. Seems logical to me. But she is the devil. You forgot. Oh, I forgot. I'm you sorry. You forgot. She yeah. is the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So some people say that what happens next is when Margaret sees him as a threat. Mm. I disagree. Now, the person who said that is because they looked at uh, Margaret's tradition of gift giving giving gifts and and at the time she favored she had two major favorites she had um edmund beaufort who was the duke of somerset became the duke of somerset and william de la pole who was the duke of suffolk Mm. and um and then richard was still counted among apparently not favorites but like people that she would favor and um it's just interesting because apparently the the tradition of the gift giving didn't really change uh until around 1455 so they said oh well that means her relationship didn't change i i highly disagree is gift giving a tradition or is it her love language Ooh, um neither Mm. it's it's a sign of patronage got it but it's like a thing but margaret's a political animal Mm -hmm. so just because she doesn't like someone doesn't mean she's not going to give him a gift because she needs to for political reasons Yeah. yeah 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 so i think i think it's discrediting that part of her so I, I can't, her exclusion of him from the council, to me, is a clear sign that she doesn't trust him. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he hasn't made himself too trustworthy. No, he's done some stupid shit. Right. Um, so he's excluded. He's like, fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. He starts to march north. Um, and... The, the the council had declared that people would march south toward, you know, southward from York to um, to like protect the king basically, and he marches north and they meet um, on the twenty second of May in fourteen fifty five for that first battle of St Albans, mm. where the king was taken prisoner by Richard. What did I say earlier <laughs> about what happens if you have the king? You are in power. 
So, <laughs> the period between this thing called the Love Day procession, which, yes, we will talk about, your face is correct. I'm going to. Different, dis- different from Valentine's Day? The Love Day procession. Mm hmm. So at the time, like I said, this is a very conflict-ridden era. This isn't, like, all of a sudden Margaret's like, no, you're not in council war. Like, it's, it's that's not the case. Little battles, mm-hmm. um, almost battles for a while, and then mm-hmm. this battle happens. The period of time between the battle, the first battle of St. Albans and this, which is three years, is the worst, doc, one of the worst documented periods of history. In England. Yikes. Like, we don't have a lot. Very poorly recorded. Um, unfortunately, by 1455, both of Margaret's strongest allies, Edmund Beaufort, the Duke of Somerset, and William de la Pole, the Duke of Suffolk, died. Hmm. So she is without husband. She is without... Um, yeah, she's without uh, her very powerful political allies. Um, and and unfortunately, things aren't going that well because he's been taken. Um, Margaret is kind of gaining power. Little, little things are happening where she's kind of reasserting her authority through her son, um, who's at the time, of course, a small baby. Well, he's a few years old. Anyone below five is a small baby. I'm yeah, but like ready to rule for sure. I mean, Henry was. Yeah. Not. Um, so, <laughs> in um, 1457, I said, stupid men ruin things for her in Sandwich. Um, basically, this French lord who was in charge of, like, 5,000 troops is like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take advantage of all the civil things that are happening, like the issues. We're going to go to Sandwich and just burn it down. You can't just talk about d- Sandwich and not acknowledge how funny that is. Do you know the Earl of Sandwich was the one credited with creating sandwiches? No. Yes. What? He wanted a way to eat his meat with bread without messing up his fingers. And bread did that. How do you feel? I'm noticing a shift in the room. There's a, There's been a change in the air. In some ways, I feel more at peace than before. Oh. If that makes sense. Like something that was weighing on me heavily. (laughs) My confusion about the origin of the sandwich is now no longer something I have to wake up every day and worry about. And it's just an elephant has stood up from my chest. Like the COPD commercials. (laughs) And gone on to drink from a river or something pleasant. That's the most beautiful. (sighs) Wow. Analogy. Of course you felt a shift in the room. I mean, that was monumental information. A literal elephant. Wow, wow, wow. Are we going to talk about Love Day? I'm still thinking about no, that. No, it's happening. Okay, great. Um, so, I don't want to rush you. I'm just Like really, I said, this is really a very invested. poorly documented era in history. So but in, so what happens between that, we don't really know. But this one of the things that happens is stupid men. And um, basically, he's French, this this noble who does it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a PR disaster, and people blame Margaret. <laughs> because she's French. And it's easy. He was, uh, a, no, I won't say henchman, I can't think of a better word, 
an associate of hers. So, sure. you know, um, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, but Margaret was then forced to make amends for it. And she had to give uh, a commission to keep the seas for three years mm. to Richard Neville, who was the 16th Earl of Warwick. He becomes a very important later because of his son, um, who becomes um, the Kingmaker. It's a good title. It's, it's a great title. Again, all of these people are all descendants of basically John of Gaunt and his illegitimized, but then legitimized wife, Catherine Swinford, um, who was a younger son of Edward III, John. But the direct descendants are also like everyone's cousins. It becomes a whole thing. Um, the, like, the whole idea of, like, it's truly remarkable to me. It's, it, like, the, 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 how, if I, every time I try and do a family tree, which I have done multiple times, it just fucks me up. <laughs> so, um, it really does. So, there's this thing called the Love Day Procession, which um, is basically what's forced to happen is, is there's a forced show of public unity. We're done fighting. We love each other. And in March of 1458, Margaret walks hand in hand with Richard as an outward sign of peace. And Henry organized it, apparently, as just that. Now, was it Henry? Was it Richard? We can't tell. We can. Um, So it's not romantic love. It's not familial love. Not at all. It's patriotic love. It's... We love each other now. It's We're not going to fight in, anymore. It's peace. It's peace. Okay. That doesn't last. Um, in 1459, the Battle of Bloor Heath um, broke out. Mm. It was a York victory. Um, by this time, Margaret has weaseled her way into becoming the de facto leader of the Lancastrian faction. At a certain point, she ends up not being the de facto leader. She is the leader of it, which is remarkable because this is a, this is an active period of skirmishes and war. Mm. Um, I hesitate to say war. They're battles. They're intermittent battles. It's 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 not this like constant warfare. Yes, a lot of people died, and anyone who was going to inherit the throne ends up being killed, and so like a weird person ends up inheriting the throne. Henry the Seventh. I'm looking at you. Um, so it you know it's just. <laughs> You tell him. I did. (laughs) Such a weird man. Um, Then there's the Battle of Wakefield in December of 1460. And then in uh, February of 1461, the second Battle of St. Albans, where Margaret recaptures her husband. Mm -hmm. It's been years. Five years. Um, And this is, I think, where people start to not like her. Um, in a blatant act of vengeance, she orders the execution of two Yorkist prisoners of war who actually kept watch over the king and made sure he was safe during the battle. Mm. And the king had said, I'm giving you, he had offered them immunity for their service. And oh, Margaret goes, Margaret's um, put them on trial over which her son presided. And she said, apparently, this is all very apparent, but this is a quote. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Fair son, what death shall the knights die? And the prince orders their heads to be cut off. Yeah, that doesn't seem too chill. It's not, but let's let's think about what's been happening. Mm-hmm. For all she gives a shit, which isn't she doesn't give many at this point. Her husband has been captured for five years. She's seen him a few times. Mm-hmm. He's her husband. She's been raising a kid. A lot of help because you know queen. Um, 
public opinion is not on her side, but her everything she does is to protect in her mind, and everything you can see it is to protect the crown, is to protect her family, and and these two men were her husband's jailers for all she cared, and traitors because and traitors because they were actively on the side that was supporting men who were not supporting her husband. Oh, I thought I thought that they were uh, taking care of him. They were. But then they were his jailers. But they were Yorkist men. Got it. Okay. She's not on the York side. Right, right, right. Um cuz he's conniving. He's a conniving little shit. Yeah. So so that doesn't do well for PR. Mhm. Whatever. <laughs> uh the Battle of Towton happens in March of 1461. Richard's son, uh, mm-hmm. who's the future Edward the Fourth of England, deposes Henry and declares himself the king. Mm-hmm. Margaret, at this point, takes her son and flees with him. They have to go to Wales and then eventually end up in Scotland. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, and then eventually ends up in France, where she makes an ally of her cousin, Louis XI of France. Mm. This is obviously, like, the bleakest day. Mm. not only that but like god hates you now but she is still like no we're not done Mm -mm, this isn't over and so she thankfully her former enemy richard neville the earl of warwick falls out with edward the uh fourth because he marries elizabeth woodville a lady we will talk about Mm. um and she was basically of no importance and he had plenty of marriageable daughters who were all dynastically linked, meaning related. Um, and uh, instead, Edward chooses to marry a divorcee, basically. Not a divorcee, a widow with kids already. Like, what? Um, <laughs> what is your thing? And Richard Neville, the Earl of Warwick, wants revenge for his loss of influence. He goes to France and the king of France actually is like, y'all should meet. Y'all should hang out. Mm. Um, and Warwick's daughter, Anne Neville, was married to Margaret's son, Edward, the Prince of Wales, as a, as a sign of solidarity and basically like, this is what should have happened. So again, the Earl of Warwick was her enemy. This is a man who, who didn't like her at all, but almost a kiss of death for Edward IV was, he's like, I'm going to marry this lady. Instead, who was accused of being a witch, and we'll talk about it. But it, it's it's this it's fascinating because had that not happened, 
he would never have gone. You know what I mean? Like it's all these little little things that he ends up then so becoming so irate about it. Elizabeth basically ends up giving positions to family members and and it's seen as having too much influence in court. And Richard uh, Warwick is said to be so angry about losing his that he flees to the other side. Um, And so um, she encourages Warwick to go back to England. Um, And he did. And he briefly restored Henry VI to the throne on October in October 1470. Hmm. Um, so is it for about a year that that happens? Um, she then prepares to head back to England with um, her son. No, her son goes back with Warwick and she prepares to go back with Anne, her son's wife. Hmm. Um, and uh, Warwick, the Battle of Tewkesbury happens in May of uh, 1471. Which is the kiss of death for this period of history for the Lancastrians. Her son dies. Mm. He was 17. Um, she she heads back. This battle happens. She's taken captive. Her son dies. Her husband's taken captive. Um, it, by all accounts, the moment her son dies, Margaret's out of commission. Margaret's done. And you can think about... She's had to invest so much energy, love, I'm sure, time, um, prowess into this boy. She got him this great merit. Like, it was it was all going to be fine. And then, and then he dies. If he dies in battle, he's the only heir to the throne to ever have done so. If he didn't, um, there have been other heirs who've died, obviously, in weird ways. But um, he said to have died that way. Excuse me. <laughs> not early at all um <laughs> you don't know what time, time it is <laughs> and and so this is this is like the darkest hour for her um she she's placed in the custody in 1472 of her former lady-in-waiting alice chaucer who's the duchess of suffolk literally the daughter of jeffrey chaucer um and she's ransomed by louis the 11th in 1475 she lives as a poor relation to the French king until her death on the 25th of August in 1482. She was only 52. She's buried next to her parents. Hmm. So, I can't even imagine having to fight so vigorously and valiantly for a cause to then lose it like that. So, so like definitively, mm. um, to have that thing where he's restored to the throne, you know, um, and, and then it doesn't happen. Um, she's, when she's in England, she's literally imprisoned in the tower, which at the time was still a royal residence, but she's, she's imprisoned in the tower as is Henry. He mysteriously dies. It was most likely regicide, um, which is of course that is blasphemy that is the ultimate treason i mean um, you're killing god's, god's choice. Cho- chosen one yeah but um you know it's it's not this um like i can't even imagine a losing your only child that you were able to have which for a queen is is obviously pretty not, sparse and not good like you were meant to have as many as possible right but like he's 17 he's married and then boom yeah 
in a battle where you lose everything. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, she goes from having this extraordinary legacy of women who who lead and encourage that to then nothing. I I, I it, it, who would hurt me. Um mm-hmm. and so I do like to go back though and think about her legacy. And she leaves us a lot of letters, which we're going to, I'm going to read to you in a different, in another fun little episode we're going to do as a special because it's oh, so good. Um, but it, when she was in um, France, uh, there was a medal made for her by this very famous man in 1463. And it says, um, basically, I mean, I wrote down the Latin Imbuta fulget where titubus audia sagax, meaning imbued with courage, she shines. May you be styled shrewd. And it was a, a commemorative medal that's like massive and it's round. And is that the first round medal? No, I don't know. But it's still round. Oh, you said that. What does that mean? Remember how a lot of medals were like ovular? No. Okay. Why would I remember that? Because it was. Weird. I wasn't there. You were there. I was not there. You were. We have recorded proof. <gasps> da, da, da. I'm being called out. Maybe. Um. And <laughs> no, no, no. So <laughs> never. Um. So it's it's this. It's you know. What is the significance of the round medal? Just, uh, just a refresher. Men had round medals and women had ovular ones. Done. Great. Because they point, ovulate or no? No, though I love that. Um, yeah, no. Just, it's like a weaker circle, I think. I'm ready with the quips. Um, like queens had seals that were not round. They were ovals. Oh, that's actually ringing a bell. There we go. <laughs> Ding-a-ling-a-ling. a ling <laughs> um, There's, you know, so much is said about her. And like I said, most of it's really negative. Mm. Um, but... This family, um, a contemporary family of Margaret's called the Pastons, um, left these extraordinary letters. And I have the collection of it that I love reading because it's, it's, if we didn't have this, we wouldn't know so much about this period of history for anyone but royal people. And it's, it, and apparently even at the time, not even them. So in the Paston letters, they talk about the the events of the day, and and, and this is a se- semi normal family. They're they're obviously more well off because they're literate. But mm. um, in the past in letters, they say the queen um, is a great and strong labored woman, for she spareth no pain to sue her things to an intent and conclusion to her power. Mm. So even her contemporaries acknowledge her position as a leader and as as the person who is effectively in charge. This is, I'm going to just say, a fairly brief overview of of her true involvement. It's hard to go in depth because, honestly, I get confused because there are so many battles and dates Mm. and so many people named Richard and so many people named Edward and so many fucking people named Henry. I can't (laughs) do it. Um, If you meet... A Richard or a Henry or you know any an Edward and Edward today. Do I ask which one they are? Do you ever? Does it cross your mind to think about all the other ones? No, but I don't really meet many people named Richard, Henry, or Edward. I think I know a couple. I know a Richard. Does he go by Richard? He does. It's a strong name. I knew him in college. I don't yeah, know. it's a college. 
college person. Right. That's a college person. I totally get that. Yeah. That quote to me, though, humanizes her in a way. Just the, the, um, the notion of acknowledging the pain that she might go through Literal. in order to get labored pain. Yeah. In order to get what she believes in. I, yeah. I feel like that is a testament to a really strong person, someone who's willing to put aside her own mm-hmm. comfort. I agree. That's all I had to say. No, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree entirely. I think it's it's like a really, like, I just think it's so interesting that contemporaries left us a legacy, A, that we could read, and B, mention her. And these are letters that they wrote to their family members back and forth. Her husband was a merchant, I believe. Margaret Mary Paston? Mm. An unnamed. Mm. Um... And so it's it's just, it's like, Margaret is one of those people in history that you may have heard of, Margaret of Anjou, and she's kind of seen as one of the last, like, medieval queens, which is obviously patently false. But she is this, she does behave in a semi-medieval way in that she she is, like, this force, and she leads a faction and and she fights for a claim to a throne and she is in that way quite medieval. That's something that medieval women did. Mm. And it's it's um I don't know, I just I find her just this like fascinating and just the moment someone ever goes, I hate, 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 hate this person, I need to know why, and I need to know about that person. And I, I actually encourage anyone, if you're interested, to read a little bit about to read the Wikipedia article about her because it is he is not pleased. Like no one's pleased with with Margaret. And the Wikipedia page has a pointed view. Very. Aren't they not supposed to? Yeah. Weird. They often do though. Mm. It um, is usually a person writing. Yeah. yeah. But I actually, do you know, um, I have a Wikipedia account just so I can edit articles that are wrong. You do not. Yes, I do. You're kidding. I would never joke about this. I know you wouldn't. I'm just still reeling. There's a part of me that wants to go and just like take that little tinge of language out. <sighs> I feel lucky to know you. <laughs> Why? I'm insane. <laughs> I love that information. Oh, but it's, it's you know, it, it, she's one of those women that, like, why? Why does Shakespeare hate her? Why? Do, I mean, she mm-hmm. has great speeches, but, like, why, why is she all these things? And an embittered Margaret, you know, of course, makes one of the most extraordinary speeches that he has in his history plays. And she's she's just this, oh, God. And there was actually a really cool production of um, some English uh, theater folks, of course, great people, um, decided that they were going to do versions of Shakespeare without any of the scenes that men were in. So, like, they did um, this, like, Othello-Macbeth mashup where it was basically just, like, just scenes with the women in them. Mm. And like a little added stuff. And then the same people, or I don't know, it wasn't the same people at the same time. I remember reading about this. At the same time, people did a production of um, something for, called uh, Queen Margaret, which was literally just Margaret of Anjou's like speeches and added speeches written by the author. So it was like half and half of just Margaret because she is this like such a dynamic figure. Um, I encourage you guys to try pretty read cool. it. It was just like, the you don't hear many tales of a woman who traveled the way she did, who mm. continued to fight the way that she did, and I find it 
deeply inspiring. And whatever side you're on, this happened over like, <laughs> like how many years ago? 600 years ago? We can, you're fine. <laughs> you know? Well, also, I, to like Shakespeare writing about her and current productions to me. I feel like in theater, when you're playing a role, you know, in mm. whatever medium you're playing a yes. role in, you are supposed to understand. Yes. You're not supposed to play a Absolutely villain as not. a villain. You're supposed to understand the, reason. the motivations of a villain. I couldn't agree more. And be on their side. So in some ways, Shakespeare writing from her perspective is him doing that a little bit. He, he has his moments. He has his moments. I love that man. Whether or not he wrote it. Another point of controversy. I think he wrote most of it. You never know. We weren't there. I think he had editors and friends. We weren't there. You're right. I wasn't. (laughs) Sounds like most of the time it was him. Anyway. um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I think... And that's the thing is like I... It's one of the things I love about acting. Yeah. And one of the reasons I became one, an Mm. actor, is because I love searching for... Like, you know, using empathy and like understanding... And truly trying to understand someone's motivations. Absolutely. And that's the same reason that I love history. And one of the reasons I think I made a fairly decent historian is like, because I, you know, because I, I think the most fascinating thing in the world is to try to understand people. So, Absolutely. And I think that's the thing is whenever you hear someone who's like the bad guy, well, you got to read more about it. Yeah. So this is the first in our... Wars of the Roses series. Um, I thought Margaret was a great place to start just because she's so divisive and also because she is said to have triggered the conflict. So we're going to talk about a bunch of the other women. Um, There are so many. I just, I just, every time you read more about it, you're like that one, that one, wait, that one. Mm -hmm. And they just each have their own phenomenal stories. And I, I think it's extraordinary. So yeah. So do you have any other questions? No, I'm Any just excited. Comments? Me too. I'll probably go home and look up the War of the Roses. You will get confused. You'll be. You'll text me. I'm gonna get a lot of texts. Text you. <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of texts at work going. Um, Who? Which Henry was this? Huh? Which, Richard? Which Edward? <laughs> They're all named Henry, Richard, and Edward. It's so annoying. <laughs> um, but yeah. So if you have any questions, let us us know. We have our Instagram, historically badass broads. Like mm-hmm. it. Subscribe to our podcast. Whatever you're supposed to do. Whatever your heart desires. Um, and thanks for listening. Thanks so much. Have a great one. Yeah. See you next time. Okay. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market